25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? And welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Inside the Rank Podcast Network. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And I have missed you so much. Me too. I was talking to my microphone. Oh. You too, though. We are in the same room. We are in the same room. Yes, we are. It feels real again. And hopefully you can hear that the audio quality has improved since the last time you listened to us. Yes. Even if your father did try unintentionally to bring upon the demise of your microphone it does look like it has a dent in its head so we're gonna minimize that she's (laughs) self-conscious don't bring it up she's fine i think she still sounds good yeah i think it's fine and if it's not then well the intro to this podcast is a super joke and you're just gonna listen to a shitty audio for the next hour and a half and you're just gonna have to enjoy it it's just yeah it's it's just that it's that and then the airplanes flying overhead and the sound of my ice maker we love it the sounds <laughs> of laura and laura's existence this is actually laura's constant state like this is the Air- white noise of laura's life <laughs> airplanes and ice yep mm-hmm. <laughs> feels like a good like album name the occasional siren i love that mm. yes a, a real testament to and commentary on american life also, the occasional physical cat fight on my deck. Okay. We haven't talked about that. You have cats that sometimes brawl on your deck. I do. Okay. I do know that you have one that you've named. Yes. I have Winston the porch cat. Okay. He was the first of the cats. Sure. Um, he's beautiful. I also don't think he's a full-on outside cat because he looks very well-fed and very well taken care of. Did you just call Winston fat? I did. Okay. He's a big cat. Sure. <laughs> Um, and he was first, he comes and sits on my porch furniture and just, that's his place. Um, but only when the sun is out and not very many of those days. Yeah. Not recently. And then there's another cat that started coming around who we named Prince Charles. Oh, because William and no Winston. Well, like, are you going like kind kind of of like a, but we named him Prince Charles because he's annoying and unwanted. Oh my God. So this is actually just a commentary about the Royals today. (laughs) We're not actually talking about Blue Jackets hockey. And he is also a good looking cat, but my deck is not his domain. It's Winston's domain. Sure. And so sometimes because Winston sits on my love seat, Charles will come up when Winston is sleeping and pretend that he can also come up. And he can't. And he can't. And Winston will rise on his hackles. Sure. And hiss at him. And occasionally they do the whole like meerkat thing where they're standing at each other. Uh-huh. Um, but Charles always backs down. As he often does. Mm-hmm. As he often does. I'm glad to know that though. I'm yeah. glad to know that you have brawling cats in your backyard. There's also another one. I've only seen it once though, but it scared me. Because out of the corner of my eye, I thought it was Winston. No, it was a giant, long-haired black cat. Mm. And good omen. I so I think there's just an old lady in my condo complex that is feeding and caring for all of these cats, sure. but they're indoor/outdoor cats. What if she passed on and like they're trying to find their new person to feed them? And they ate her first because that would Whoa. happen. Might explain why Winston's large. Could be. What's that book? The one that, like, there was an old lady who swallowed a spider. 
oh no, there's a spider. And like there, and then she, like there's yes. a horse or something. Like a weird book. It is a weird nursery rhyme situation. Man. The but there's we... the lady that swallowed the spider and then also the lady who lived in the shoe. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. Def- different classics for different reasons. Yes. Um, but yeah, I do occasionally have cat brawls. Not today. It's raining and foggy, so they won't be out there. Okay. Noted. I'm disappointed, to be honest with you. I like. I think the listeners deserve to hear that. You know. Next time. Next time. Okay, great. I'll make sure that I come down on a sunny day. It'll be perfect. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Laura, Hi. Hi. Oh my god, hello. I it has been when's the last time that we saw each other in person? It was Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay, so it hasn't been No. Uh Stephen and Abby. Oh wedding. yes, of course. How do we forget? Um we forget never. Stephen, Abby, we love you. I love you so much. Um, so it's been a little under a month. It hasn't been yeah. wow, I, it just feels longer and longer every time. Correct. It's also just been a long few weeks for both of us. And we don't have to dive too deeply into it, but it's just been a long couple of weeks. Um, And I think that if I ask you the question that I always ask you, which is, how are you doing? I think that you would answer it the same way, just to say, it's been a lot. Yeah. It's been a long week. It's been a lot. It's been all this kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that, the scenario that we're talking about, we'll, I'll probably talk about on the show eventually, but um, not right now. But Which is so okay. It's just been a lot. And then mixed with the holidays is also a lot because I like the holidays, but I also don't like the holidays. Yeah, double-edged sword. Yeah. So kid of divorce, just sort of, and only kid that doesn't have their own family and children. Right. So it's a little black sheep island of my own devices sort of a scenario. But I did have a nice time overall with my family and i made all of my nieces and nephews i was gonna say you need to tell them the number of tie blankets that you made Uh, seven for that group insane and then i still have five no six that i have to make that's wild to me um my hands are just now feeling fine that's good um but yeah i made seven tie blankets in the period of time of like 24 hours that's wild um because i didn't have the bandwidth to do it when i was here at home um but got them all done got them all wrapped insisted that the kids open my gifts first of course because i knew what my dad had gotten them and i was like i can't play second fiddle what's your dad get them to barbies um sure well he got them like Hallie got Barbies, obviously, and like a couple tutus and stuff sure. like that. And then the boys got like all of their favorite sports things. Of course. So you're like, let me give you this blanket now. Yeah. And then Jameson got um, some Taekwondo stuff and these really cool drumsticks that oh. you can play. They're like invisible drums. Oh, yeah. Um, so those are really cool because he's becoming a band kid. So I love that for him. Um, so I wanted to proceed all of those fancy shiny things for my dad. Um, and yeah, they all really liked their blankets. I tried to fit them with their personalities or their interests. So Hudson loved his Kansas City Chief blanket. Ugh. He actually gave me a full hug instead of a half hug. Wow. Which is impressive for a nine-year-old. So Yeah, no kidding. Um, but in yeah, the my brother's kids got Two soccer and one van life um, for my oldest nephew. Oh, yeah. Dreams of living in a van. Um, 
And then, of course, Jameson got cowboy frogs because he loves Westerns. And Miss Hallie got everything girl, which is hearts and rainbows. Naturally. So, you know. And then I made a blanket for my mom, too. But that was very short-lived because she has a puppy. And the puppy... Handled it already. Fucking loves to chew on shit that dangles. Ah, tight blanket. Not a good puppy-proof thing. So that immediately went into another room away from the puppy. Understood. But I did get one of the best compliments I've ever received in my life. Oh. Over over our Christmas weekend. I have to know. So I made a wedding suit at my dad's house because he requested it. And my grandparents were there and we were eating and my grandfather turned around and said, Laura, your Aunt Carm would be so proud of you. And my Aunt Carm is who I learned to cook from when I was little, little. And she was the best cook in the family. And all of my, like, recipes are from her. And so... That's so sweet. Probably the nicest thing he's ever said to me. So Yeah, I would say so. um, And he loved my pizzelles, even though he's had them before. But he apparently seems to distrust me. And thinks that I would use anything but anise oil, which is the only appropriate thing. Her apartment does still smell like it. Yeah, I'm really torturing Jeremy right now. I mean, it's gone now. It literally was just the second I walked in. I said, oh, yeah, you made pizzas for sure. Yeah, 30 dozen of them. That's insane. It's embedded in the paint It's like 362 many. Although, Um, to be fair, I do love the vanilla flavored pizzas that you make. Yes. So... Next year. Next year. I'll we'll make add, some vanilla. Add on to the 30 dozen that you did and do 32 dozen and yeah. do two dozen vanilla. It'll be great. It'll be fine. Megan will love it. Yes. More and more. Um, And then I also got the world's largest blanket for myself. It's so big. It's the family blanket from Costco for anyone who's interested. I don't have the, the packaging anymore, but I'm pretty sure it's like 15 by 12 feet. Wild. It's gigantic. And it weighs like 20 pounds. And no, it's not a weighted blanket. I love that. Um, and because I just hate how short standard blankets are. Yeah, they're never good. Especially throws that you put on like a couch mm-hmm. or whatever. They're never the right size. It's always like, are my shoulders cold or are my feet? Pick, yeah. Pick. And I'm not tall. Like, I'm not a tall person. No, so it's like, yeah. So. Imagine anybody with any sort of vertical mm. benefit. But yeah, this blanket is supposed to be so your whole gigantic family can sit underneath it. And I've just been hiding under mine. I love that. I for think. For a couple of days. That makes a lot of sense. And I would do the same. If you made tents as a kid, like if you made tents. Oh, that would be badass. Forts, yeah. It's like the perfect blanket for that. Because you wouldn't have to like piecemeal things together. You could just drape the whole thing. You could just get a few chairs and just, yeah, do the yeah. whole thing. It'd be like a literal tent. Mm. Wow. Like it's a pretty magical. But it's only, it was only like $25 at Costco. Um, so if you're looking for a gift to buy yourself with your Christmas money or whatever, go get yourself a giant ass blanket. Now I just need a big Squishmallow. Oh, yeah. I don't have any Squishmallows and I want one. Noted. Noted. A big one, though. Okay. Sure. The little ones serve me no purpose. Noted. But anything else I should know, just in case? No, just a squishmallow okay. to go with the giant blanket. Sure. Mm. I can make that happen at some point. But but yeah, that was my Christmas. I love that. My mom got me a coat that didn't fit. So sure. You know, that's fine. Of course. 
It works. She also got me a lamp that I need to build. So building a lamp. Yeah, it's gonna go right there. Oh, okay. For those who don't know, Laura has pointed to uh, an area of her living room where there is just a chair and like a <laughs> kitchen chair, like it's an extra chair. But that's just there because the leaf in my table is in right now. Right. So once the leaf comes out, the chair will come back over here. Sure. And hence the lamp will go over there. That'll be good for it, I think. But it'll give more lighting in here because I only have one lamp. <laughs> And then the overhead lights. And you are not an overhead light girl. Is this killing you right now that it's on? No, because the natural light is balancing it out. If okay. it was dark outside, then yes. it would be annoying. Understood. So, but. That's valid. Yeah. So, oh, one last thing. Go ahead. We had the weirdest food at my dad's house for Christmas. I had the weirdest food at my dad's house for Christmas. I, I can't wait for us so to this, talk about it. We can segue into that your really weird good. food. I love that. Um, so we kind of had like. I called it the It's a Small World Dinner because mm. we, <laughs> we had wedding soup. Sure. We had jelly meatballs. Okay. We had tacos. Sure. We had pizza. Mm-hmm. And we had General So's chicken. What's going on? As well as a myriad of desserts. That's maybe weirder than mine was. And then dips. We had like six kinds of dips. I love that. My dad, we have, I have... Hold on, pause. I've said I love that 84 times on this episode so far. Have, we have an inability to have food for less than 80 people in any scenario. You're an Italian family. We are. But this was like, I think there were, let's see, six kids, my brother, uh, nine, 10, 14, 16 people. Oh, 18 people at my dad's house. I forgot about my stepbrother and his girlfriend um and we could have had probably 36 more people oh yeah i don't doubt that still for a second food. i don't doubt that for a single second so it was pretty interesting but my dad was just like appeasing all of the grandchildren oh yeah and just was like whatever they at, tell me they want to eat so that's what we're gonna do yeah there really wasn't much of that in my situation mine was really just kind of like a smorgasbord there was no real yes let's transition to that so how are you <laughs> well i think i have to start with the christmas spread i, I yes. think that like i have to naturally start there so christmas day was a little bit different for our family we usually would do just like a dinner or whatever have you but this year my grandma was adamant that we do more of like a open house kind of situation which, which is, is what my mom does yeah which is fine right especially like if you've got my gra- like for context my grandma in my generation alone has nine grandkids, right? Is that no 10 grandkids. And then you push that out to all of the grandkids, kids that they've had since then. And I'm like the youngest of my generation. And so I am the only, my brother and I are the only two that don't have any biological kids. And so like everybody else, Oh, and my other cousin, we have three out of the 10 don't. So then you have all the, so like, obviously like it's just a busy holiday for her. So they were like, yeah, like food will be ready around one. Nobody showed up until like four, three or four. But I had left already because I had gone and visited around uh, to the rest of my family beforehand. And uh, we had meatballs for meatball subs. Which if you Jeremy know anything, yeah, if you know anything about like, so if you've ever had an experience with the food where like afterward you get sick, even if it had nothing to do with the food, you know how it kind of gives you the ick. That's a meatball sub for me. I don't mind meatballs. Like meatballs are fine. Like I mean, and arguably meatballs. you like subs. Yeah. 
I wouldn't even argue it. I would say <laughs> emphatically, I enjoy subs. And so for me to like be anti-meatball is a little meatball sub is kind of confusing. But yeah, I don't know. There's something about it I just don't love. But then my dad made a ham. Like we had a spiral cut ham. Like that feels pretty typical mm. for, right? Uh, and then he makes this like sausage. I don't even know how to describe it. It is smoked sausage, but it's in like this like tomato sauce. But the tomato sauce is like, tomato obviously but then it's like ground banana pepper and like some other like it's really good mm. i just don't really know what it is at all yeah um but it's good but all of that stuff together is weird like that didn't make sense and like it, in a good way like i like all the food it's just like there was no real theme we had smoked mac and cheese uh pineapple casserole which i think i've talked about on the show before yeah we've, we've had that again this year uh, it has lost its appeal. I did not enjoy it as much this time around. But then there was also, like you said, desserts, all that kind of stuff. My dad made a seven-layer taco dip, which he then put chili beans on top of. So it was eight layers? Kind of, yeah. And then I think he forgot to get it out. I don't think they ate it. <laughs> so Wait, did you make your deviled eggs? I did, of course. Yeah. Hello. I don't know how to not make deviled eggs. Yeah, you do make the best deviled if eggs. there's not a deviled egg at a function, I'm not there. And that's not my fault. That's on you. If you didn't make a deviled egg, try again. Or ask you to bring the deviled egg. Or eggs. ask, yeah, because I'm happy to bring them. I just, they have to be there. Because mm. in all honesty, I end up eating like two or three of them. Like, it's not like I'm sitting here like shoveling them down my face. Like, I just enjoy them. I will bring them. I'm happy to. They're a very strange American thing that people love. I love them. They're so good. And so... Uh, yeah, other than that, though, it's been a lot of, you know, visiting home is always, like, interesting because it's not the same. I have coworkers who are doing the whole, like, oh, like enjoy, like, your break, like, relax, all this kind of stuff. I'm like, like, it's hard, I think, when you travel home for the holidays because, like, relax isn't really, like, a word that's in my schema right now. Like, the only day that I really don't have any major plans for was maybe yesterday, like, was, or no, not even yesterday was the 26th. I didn't really have much going on, on the 26th. Like that was about it. Every other day is pretty stuffed with stuff. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. So I think it's, I always like wish that I had more time to just relax during these breaks, but I'll relax at some point in my life. <laughs> uh, and so I'm just a little tired. I'm just trying to like fight through it, get through it and see all the people that I want to see, do all the things that I want to do while I'm in town. And then, uh, more on this probably much later. We won't talk about it much today, but I'll be coming back down a little earlier than I originally thought. So like, I don't feel as like pressured to get everything done this time around. Cause I know that I'll be back mm. soon. So no, it's been good. I'm just, yeah. I'm dreading the fact that I have to go home and put away Christmas. Like that's the one thing I keep thinking about is like my Christmas de decorations that are back in Michigan that are just sitting there and nobody's looking at them. That sucks. That's crazy. Yeah. I got a tree. Like I was given a tree sure. this year. But just due to circumstances, I was like, I'm not going to be here to look at it because I also have to travel home. Mm -hmm. um, so I just was like, I have my my mom gave me my all my ornaments from when I was growing up. Of course. So they're just sitting over there in a box, like just being sad. Um, but yeah, that is kind of sad that you have to go home and just take down Christmas. Well, and for me... So my dad does this, 
I'm sure there are plenty of people who have the whole like tradition that they do pork and sauerkraut on New Year's Day. Like it's a thing. I feel like my especially dad does it. it's yeah. my mom. And and so my dad does not like sauerkraut. My dad is like super anti-sauerkraut. So he will literally like drain out all of the fluid from the sauerkraut and make a pork roast with like a ton of pork gravy and we'll put the sauerkraut that's been drained in that crock pot. And like that is his pork and sauerkraut for New Year's Day. And so I have never missed that meal in my life. And so I was like, I'm going to stay here until then. But then work starts back up on the third. So like I leave on the second to go back up there. Well, then I start work the next day. And I'm like, oh my God, I would like an ideal world. Like I would start putting that stuff away before I went back to work, but there's no way. So I'm kind of dreading the start of January already, but yeah. I'll survive. It'll be fine. It'll be good. But anyway. Did you get anything? I talked about my blanket. I got an ancestry uh, plus trades kit that I'm really excited for. Yes. I'm really excited for that. We're excited to see if some think we discover some things. I don't think that we're going to discover much, but isn't that wild? If for whatever reason I'm related to somebody, like yeah, why was my first guest going to my first person going to be like Gypsy Rose Blanchard? <laughs> she did get released from prison today. I, people are weird, right? Like we can agree that like the, the way in which people are like excited about her getting out of jail is maybe a little weird. Well, it's I, it's the also story. Because it's she didn't kill her mother. Right. The boyfriend did. Right. But also she experienced like two decades of abuse. Incredible trauma. Like just like so much. So. I think what I think is weird is like the celebrity of her and like the way in which people are like, oh my God, yes, queen, get out of jail, queen, work queen. She's like Lorena Bobbitt, the woman who cut off her husband's penis and then threw oh, it in. shit. Um, a field, and then he had it surgically put back on, then became a porn star. Oh, I just learned a lot. Yeah, he went by Franken-penis. <sighs> I know a lot of true crime stuff. I don't know what our podcast is anymore. Or, like, people who are <laughs> obsessed with, like, Jody Arias or... Oh, sure, yeah, okay. Um, Casey, what's-her-face? Anthony. Anthony. I am not obsessed with her. I am, like mad at her exoneration but that's beside the point mm-hmm. what we're gonna have to have a spinoff podcast about true crime one day just for fun just like even I if just, just to have one episode so just one episode just to try it and see what happens but maybe that can be our um all-star break episode which is the true crime episode yeah that's funny <laughs> subjectively speaking takes on true crime <laughs> Oh man, we should not do that. Uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about the thing that we don't even get me started about Natalia, the potential dwarf, twenty-two-year-old posing as a six-year-old. Oh man, I, yeah, we'll talk about that at a later time. But why don't we do what we <laughs> started this podcast to do, and that's talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets and to talk about hockey. Uh, I, I mean, there's really no way around it. Since we last recorded, 1-0-2, the Jackets have dropped the three games since we last recorded. You know, lost to Toronto in regulation and then lost to Washington and New Jersey in overtime. And if nothing else, this team is picking up a loser point. You can't say that they're not doing that. I mean, earning a loser point. Mm. Yeah, I guess it depends on perspective. <laughs> I think that like it depends on how you want to look at it because there's definitely some stuff that we could talk about here in terms of how some of this basically like how some of it comes to be right I mean like between both the Washington and really like the Toronto game was just like they got beat like you know what I mean like there's yeah. not really a ton I think you need to talk about Toronto there. had just gotten their asses kicked by, by Buffalo. Buffalo and they were out for blood so. and they got it and mm-hmm. so I think 
the more interesting things to talk about over the course of the last week are those two games. And then obviously the injuries, those kind of things. But I think when you look at these two games, you look at New Jersey and you look at Washington, I think there are a lot of people that believe the Jaggets should have won both of those games. I think there are people who think that there are things that happened over the course of that, the, both of those games that led to an eventual loss. And I think that that, is what makes losing frustrating for this team right now is not finding ways to win these games that frankly, they they couldn't should win. I mean, you think about back when they were winning, uh, you know, back 2018, 2019, they're finding ways to win these games and it almost feels like they're finding ways to lose them now. And that's the hard part. I think about being on this bandwagon here is just trying to hopefully find ways to win versus finding ways to lose. Cause I don't think, I don't know that this team is getting beat as much as they are just finding ways to lose. I think it's definitely changed from how we were losing games in the beginning part of the season. Mm. I think we were truly losing games in the there, beginning yeah. part. Like we were just playing bad hockey and nobody knew what the hell they were doing. Nobody knew like we didn't have any chemistry build up. And again, this all goes back to the fact that our summer was fucking chaos. Yeah. And like, our head coach had three days to take over the team, like, you know, all these sorts of things. There was drama in the locker room. There's potentially still drama happening in the locker room. Um, So I think the way we're losing now is different than that. I I think now they've started to build those relationships. They've started to find chemistry. They've started to find ways to score. Yeah. But they cannot play with a lead. They absolutely lose confidence in playing with a lead. They, if, and if they're not losing confidence and they're playing like they're up by a million and they don't need to worry about scoring ever again. Well, I mean, I think that's the part, right? I think it's like the shift of mindset between like, are you playing to not lose or are you playing to win? And I feel like they've played a lot of playing not to lose versus playing to win. Cause I, I can't speak for the Washington game because I only, witness it through Twitter uh, because of that was the day of my family Christmas. But last night in New Jersey or two nights ago, when you're listening to this in New Jersey, there's no reason why we should have lost that game. Mm. Like they should have been able to maintain enough pressure to keep them from tying it up again on either situation. Mm-hmm. Like there's just no reason like, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but it makes me, and this isn't just because I'm an Elvis homer. I would be mad about this with any of our goaltenders. But in last night's game against New Jersey, Elvis was fucking standing on his head. Like, and they could not help him in any way, shape, or form. And that's how we ended up in this circumstance. And that has been a pattern of this defensive breakdown in the third period or essentially any time we have a lead because they get too confident or they get too self-assured and they just stop playing like they need to win because how often have we scored a goal recently and then 30 seconds to a minute and a half later the other team scores yeah i mean that's what happened last night chinny scored made it three two and then Immediately, I think it was Jack Hughes scored. Um, yeah, it might have been Luke, actually. One of the Hughes brothers that I'm now starting to have 
hatred feelings towards not Quinn. <laughs> I like Quinn still. Um, but I just don't like, it's like they get swept up in having a lead and just forget. Mm-hmm. They just forget how to, to play like they still need to win. And that every goal doesn't mean you won the game. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I think the thing is that one of the things that you are definitely sensing is just what feels like lack of been there before. And that's the best way I think I can describe it. Because even if you look at players like a Johnny Goudreau or an Eric Branson, you know, they've been in the league for a while, but have they been the guys, the veterans, right? you're losing, you don't have a Boone Jenner in the locker room right now. While Boone Jenner maybe hasn't won a lot, like, right. Like, I mean, like outside of, I mean, we all know, right. You know, he's still a veteran presence there that I think could potentially calm, but like to be, to be fair though, like he was there and it wasn't really happening either. Like, so I think that what you're seeing here is like, you've got this big gap in there being players in that room that can, get guys to believe in the fact that they can finish this stuff off and that they can find ways to win these hockey games. Because frankly, they have been competitive in most games. Like you don't look at most of these games that they've lost and think, man, like they just got absolutely curb stomped. Like that's not the reality, right? Like they are finding ways, you know, for this team, what, how many games have they played at this point? They've played 36 games and, you know, half of them were, Either they won a lot, they've won eleven of them, or at least seven, and there are probably more that ended in regulation. You've got seven games that are one goal games, right? So I mean, like you're talking about a coin flip in a lot of these situations now. How overtime is handled and who plays, like that, obviously is a conversation that we can have. But frankly, this team is in it, and they just can't find ways to get it done. I think that's the frustrating part because I think it's easy to check out on a team that is just losing game after game, but that's not what this team is doing, and so it's hard to fully give up on what this could be Mm. and i think that's part of the reason why you also get these unrealistic expectations you get the frustration when things don't happen the way that you want them to yeah you get the you know things can either be grand and glorious or they can be absolutely terrible like there's unfortunately no middle ground with this fan base right now um which is understandable i mean like we've said before we would love if they could just go on like a normal sort of situation where they win two or three games in a row and then they lose one, but then they win two or three games in a row again. Like that's not even asking for like excellence. That's just asking for making it just about the game and like playing on an average situation or slightly above average instead of these massive up and downs where you have, you know, the game against Buffalo where we completely just, blew them out of the water and then we get our ass kicked for the next three games. Like, you know, and we're, as we've said before, the calendar is not getting any easier. So, and again, like we've said for the last almost three years, again, we're facing this situation where so many people are going out with injuries, which are just ridiculous. And (laughs) To anyone who's been yelling, let the kids play. And I know we'll we'll talk about Adam Fantilli in overtime in here in a second, but anyone who's yelling, let the kids play, they're gonna play now because short of 
Johnny Gaudreau and Erica Branson, that's all we got mm-hmm. is kids. Because uh, every other person that would be considered a veteran is hurt. Yeah, out of commission. Um, so, and we added three more people since our last recording to the injured list. Uh, we added Nick Blankenberg, who is, da- is it day-to-day? Yeah, he's day-to-day. Day-to-day with an upper body injury. Um, and then we just added, well, Sean Corrali after a very scary situation during the Washington game on Saturday um, ended up colliding with two other Washington players and taking the blunt end of his stick into essentially his rib cage sternum area, um, which essentially based on how they described it and then watching it um, initially knocked the wind out of him pretty severely, which is why everyone was panicking. And it was just why they sent him to the hospital immediately Um, because in that case, I mean, he could have broken a rib and punctured a lung, um, all that sort of stuff. He is still recovering, um, because obviously that area of your body is very painful whenever it, and it's, you're breathing. So every time he breathes, he's stretching those muscles that he damaged. Um, and then last night, unfortunately in New Jersey, we have lost Zacharunsky, Uh, who is week to week with a lower body injury, who just took a nasty fall after a collision with a New Jersey player and just landed on his one leg in the wrong way. And, you know, trying to watch him crawl off the ice was so scary and sad. And he just can't catch a break. And I find it so terribly ironic that they just released the mini behind the battle episode about his recovery from his last shoulder surgery and all that sort of stuff and how he's been, you know, diving back into the community in in the time that he's was recovering and trying to make the most of that time. And now he's saddled again week to week with this, what I'm going to assume is like an upper ankle sprain. Um, But those are kind of the worst in hockey too, because it'd almost be better if he broke it because that heals a little bit easier. But so yeah, literally everyone else that's a veteran is out. Um, Jack skated today, which um, means they think that he might be back um, for Saturday's game. Uh, so not um, Friday against. Why not Toronto? No, mm-hmm. Toronto. Um, but no real word. I mean, David, David, Devin, Damon, Damon. Good lord, Damon Severson came back, um, which is nice. But we still just have everyone else out for multiple weeks at least. Um, so the kids are definitely going to get an opportunity to play. But speaking of that, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, was ablaze last night about the fact that Adam Fantilli did not play for essentially, I think, the last 10 minutes of the third period and did not play in overtime. So what are your thoughts? I mean, I think that there is something to be said about the way in which he's being utilized. And I think there's something to be said about how 
protecting him versus putting him in these situations is positive, isn't positive. I mean, I, it's hard, right? Because I feel like we're having the same conversation every single episode, and that's not our fault, but I think it's just a product of where this team is right now, where it's like you go back and forth of, oh, like, are they using these guys enough? Oh, well, like, is that going to potentially delay their development if they're being put into these situations all the time, if they're constantly getting beat in these situations, if they're all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, it what sucks is that, you know, he, he really – hasn't been in very very many situations where you feel like he has been his confidence is wavered or a result whether it be he flubs something makes a mistake like it doesn't seem like he he has the memory of a goldfish right like it's very it's he he's a professional athlete and so i i don't know i go back and forth about where to use him and how to use him i mean because the fact of the matter is is like he's your brightest spot I think moving forward, right? Like you take a look at this roster, you take a look at this and frankly with confidence, I can't tell you more than three to five players that are going to be on this team in three years with confidence. He's one of them. Yeah. He's much like, I think, and this was just when I was coming into liking hockey, but much like their original plans with Pierre Dubois, which was to build the team around him I very much so feel like that is the plan with Adam Fantilli. I think it's going better than it did with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, And I think there's some real hope there. And there's, you know, as much as it sounds like a broken record, there is some real hope in our prospects and how they're performing in their respective leagues right now. So the future is bright. I know it's like beating a dead horse, but um yeah, I was a little, because there was also, I don't know if you saw this too, but there was also like a little bit of conversation that Adam may have been um, not feeling the best and may have been like slightly hurt in the last bit of last night's game. Nothing's been said about it from a team point of view. Um, it didn't say today that he didn't practice, um, but I mean, he could have been just like, he played really hard yesterday uh, or last night. And so he could have just been really feeling it and not have, you know, the coaches could tell he didn't have the energy to do overtime Um, or it's just a misuse of talent or, you know, they're trying to protect him and it's just, we don't have strong enough players to protect him and play well at the same time. Um, it's very complicated in that way, but it's just, it's an unfortunate. And now with another defenseman out and even with our best defenseman in, we were still having these crazy defensive breakdowns in the most crucial of times. Like it's even more important that the six that we have right now fucking get their shit together because if not the next few weeks are gonna be like absolutely brutal for them and you know there's i mean we can score as many goals as we want but if we can't keep the other team if we can't defend our goaltenders enough to keep the other team from scoring it doesn't matter um so that brings me to a question that we got on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, let me make sure I can. This was from 
Doc 420th. Mm-hmm. Um, and they asked us, um, do you guys think our goaltending is our weakest link? Um, they're interested in hearing our opinion on the subject. No one is talking about our attendees giving up easy goals this year. Um, they say Elvis is statistically horrible on one-on-one this season and in their opinion um, needs to hold his line rather than challenge loose pucks. Um, and then they say our younger players have carried the team this year as far as stats go. So the young team excuse is garbage. Um, and then they go on to say some things um, about Pascal Vincent pushing a good system um, but the goaltending is where we need the most improvement. Um, so yeah. So I mean, here's the here's my thoughts about. Yeah, you're definitely going first because <laughs> people are going to think that I'm just a goalie homer. So and and I think you are, but I think that you have at least you are like let's not like let's not lie. Like I, I think the thing is though is that I think that you have at least loosened your reigns a little bit on your commitment to Elvis Merzlikin specifically, but I don't know. I I think the thing is, right, is that we don't currently have any goaltenders on this active roster that I think are going to win us a ton of games. Now, what I mean by that is like steal games, right? I'm talking like stand on your head and pitch a shutout when frankly, like you're getting your ass beat by the other team. Like we don't have a goaltender that's doing that. We've seen glimpses of it from Elvis before. It's not to say that he can't be that, but we don't have that on this team right now. So in that perspective, we don't have elite goaltending like you see around the league. If you look at like an Igor Shesterkin or uh, Alex Gorgiev or, I mean, hell, even like Aiden Hill has crazy numbers this year. Like you look at those guys and those guys are players that you can bank on winning you a game. I think the thing that is a change of pace this year is I don't know how many times you've seen goaltenders lose games this year for the Jackets. There have been a couple of exceptions here and there, but holistically they're performing better than expected based on what this defense is giving them. Now, I think that if you had stronger goaltending, sure. I think some of these games that you've seen as overtime losses or close losses, yeah, like maybe those games end up going a different direction, but I don't know if that's a commentary on the goaltending as much as it is a commentary on the way this team is playing in front of them. Um, I mean, I was curious the other day. I was just looking at, as we know, little analytics brain over here. Uh, I use Money Puck a lot for a lot of my analytics stuff. And Money Puck, I was, the default setting is a minimum of one game played in the NHL. And Jet Greaves, has played two games in the NHL this year. Jet Greaves has saved 7.1 goals above expected, which means that in the two games that he has played for the Columbus Blue Jackets, he's given up five goals and it has been expected that he should give up 12.3 or 12.13. Right. So that's not me sitting here saying that Jet Greaves is like, is the Messiah that's going to save this for the jackets. But what I'm saying is that is to illustrate just how many opportunities other teams are finding against this team. Mm -hmm. And even if you look at, I mean, Elvis Merzlikens, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's cream of the crop, but he's 1.9 goals saved above expected, which means that, you know, sure. Has he let in 67 in 22 games? Yeah. His goals against average, not great, but analytically it could be worse. And, And so I think that that's where, the 
I think teams that would say that their goaltending is their weakest link, like I would look at a team like New Jersey, right? And this is, I could look like a total asshole when I say this because I haven't looked at this yet, but I'm just basing this off of the eye test. And look at that. What do you know? I'm right about this for once. But if you look at New Jersey, right, that's a team that frankly should probably be competing for the Metro. And yet they're fine. They, it's hard for them to stick it out. Vitek Vanacek is 82nd out of 84 goaltenders who have played a game in this season. And he's allowed almost 10 goals more than expected. That to me is a team that has goaltending as their quote unquote weakest link. I don't know that I'd say that about Columbus. I would say that could the goaltending be better? Yes. In terms of our depth in our, in our prospect pool. Um, I would say that, yeah, like that is probably the weakest place in the prospect pool, but I don't know if it's our weakest link right now. I don't know if it's the reason why this team is sitting at the bottom of the Metro. Yeah, I think you explained it. And honestly, that is how I truly feel about it. I, Regardless of goalie being my favorite position mm-hmm. on a hockey team, I also think there's something to be said about our goaltenders, you know, Elvis, Spencer, and Terry. And now, to be fair, Terry and Spencer Martin both, have let up a little over three more than expected. So like they are on that negative side of that clip, but I sometimes think that any goaltending question about Columbus is usually Elvis coded, even if it's not. Yes. <laughs> um, but there's something to be said too, about our goaltenders playing their butts off for the first and second periods, you know, very similar to the fact that we keep giving up leads in the third period you know, our goaltenders are keeping us with that lead, keeping us in the game, these first and second periods, that by the time it gets to the third period and the other team is like really pushing back. Or gassed. And and yeah, and our other defensive and offensive players are not performing as they should. Your goaltenders are fucking beat. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I know I sound like an Elvis Homer, but to take last night, for instance, in New Jersey, Elvis was standing on his head for those first two periods. Like just absolutely. He stopped a puck at one point where he was flat on his stomach, not even looking in the direction of the, of the puck. And he just moved his leg in a certain way and stopped them from scoring. Like, and that was after he flew in front of another puck, like, I mean, just on his head. And then we get to the third period where New Jersey is like, fuck this. Like, we're going to come back and just start peppering him with pucks over and over and over and over. And so he, you know, I think there was a sequence where he stopped three in a row and then the fourth went in and everyone's like, soft goal. You fucking try and do that. Like, in a sequence of less than 45 seconds. Like, when you're getting shot out with a puck at, you know, 70 to 95 miles per hour. Um, and there's just only so much one person can do. And even the best goaltenders in that situation are still going to eight times out of 10, let a puck go in. And so I just, goaltending is definitely not the the biggest problem. I agree 100% with you. Could it be better? Absolutely. But is it what's losing our games? No. Let's start some drama. What do you think is the biggest problem? Defense. I mean, I don't think that was actually all that dramatic of an answer. Yeah, defense in the third period, defense in general. um, Because we are scoring more. 
we are 100% scoring more than we did in the beginning part of this season. Yeah. There are players who are really reaching their strides with scoring. Igor Chinnikov is fucking on fire. Like, no kidding. he just is having a miraculous last couple of weeks. You know, Adam Fantilli is getting more chances. Johnny Gaudreau is playing much more like Johnny Gaudreau than he has this entire season. He looks good. You know, and, you know, Justin Danforth is playing fantastically. And just all of these other people are getting on the offensive side of things are getting more and more opportunities and succeeding in them Mm -hmm. and achieving the goals that they're setting out for themselves. And then we come to the defensive side of things and it's just so inconsistent. And I know a lot of that has to do with injury and how they're like weirdly switching out peak and uh, being back and forth. Like, but that's called somebody please see them and like them and take them from us. Exactly. Um, but this like defensive breakdown that keeps happening. Um, and again, people are going to say, I'm saying this because we don't like him on a personal level, but Ivan Provorov is fucking things up a lot. Yeah. Like, and it's just not, this is not what was, was promised. We were supposed to be getting this, like, improving our blue line so much more with the acquisition of Damon Severson and Ivan Provorov and Damon Severson has been out with injury. So like, we can't, you know, really pull any of this on him, but like when you look at the defensive breakdowns, how often that Ivan Provorov is involved in those situations, it's astounding. Mm-hmm. And, like, we just can't have that. The thing is with him that I have found to be the most frustrating is, like, if you look at his statistics, like, he is consistent most of the time. And then, like you said, every game, it seems like he has one thing that's so glaringly obviously wrong (laughs) that happens. In the worst possible time. Yeah. And we just, we just can't have that. I mean, and we've got other defensemen who are literally getting the shit beat out of them Mm -hmm. every night to make up for these, you know, one or two major mistakes in a game. Erica Branson has taken hits with pucks recently where I'm like, I'm surprised he can still stand up most of the days, but it's the defensive. I mean, it's been this way for a couple of years now. Yeah. Our defense is just not strong enough. Well, and I think you, the the nice thing about Provorov is that you are not committed to him long-term. Like, I think that that's a big plus. Like, that would be the real catastrophic failure is if they would have done what they did with Severson on a player. Like, if if it were the same situation with Provorov, thankfully they didn't, right? Like, thankfully you've got at least some flexibility with him with that contract in the not-so-immediate, but, like, still in, in the pretty foreseeable future. So, like, you're not... Tied to him. And I mean, Denton Matejchuk has looked really, really good in at World Juniors for Moose Jaw. I mean, like, he's looked really excellent. I can't imagine that, that you know, I mean, he'll be on this team or he'll be in Cleveland next year without a doubt. I, I just, yeah, I mean, I think you can look at this blue line and you can identify a handful of things. You know, I think back to when things felt the most consistent and this team was playing the best hockey it's played. I mean, like if you look at what that blue line was back then, I mean, like I, I think a majority of those pairings would challenge, especially with injuries right now would challenge the lineup now 
for each and every one of their spots. Like, I think the third pair could could arguably play first line, first pair of minutes on this team. Um, now I'm just generally kind of curious to even think about what the starting six looked like for Columbus when when they were last successful at their last playoff run. But, you know, I, it needs to get better. I don't know how it gets better. I don't know if it's – I think the system could work. I don't disagree with that part of their question. Like I think that Pazzy has – a good hockey IQ. I think he understands systematically what needs to happen, what should happen. But I also wonder, like, are there people who don't fit into the system defensively that frankly are a liability? And the answer is yes. I mean, like the answer to that question is yes. There are players that I think people had high promise for in this starting lineup right now that frankly are not demonstrating that they can be consistent top four guys. Like maybe they were projected to be, I, Andrew Peak has struggled this year. Like Andrew Peak, sorry you came on our show because it seems like ever since that happened, like it just hasn't been a good time for Andrew Peak. Um, you know, I, I think that about Jake Bean has never really had. He's just kind of be, always been in bad graces. I feel like since he got here, um, you know, Adam Boquist hasn't materialized into what he's supposed to, and part of that's because of injury. But the other part is because even when he's healthy, he doesn't always show signs of being the most consistent. And part of that I think is because he just hasn't had the ability to develop because he's been hurt, but it's still the case, right? Like it's still the fact of the matter. And this team's got to figure out the blue line in a bad way, Mm. but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like you said, the goaltending, is it winning us games most nights? No, it's also not losing us games most nights. It's keeping us in games some nights. So we'll see what happens it's going to get weird too. Like you, you're holding three goaltenders still like at some point you're going to have something give, whether that be, you really want to give a guy in Cleveland a look, but you don't have the injury and you don't have the flexibility on your cap to, to do that. That could be what happens. There's just so many things that could happen over the course of the next few weeks with these goaltenders that I don't know. I don't even know what talking about this position is going to look like in two or three months. Yeah. It's going to be so bizarre and crazy but laura just thought about whether or not elvis <laughs> shush yeah speaking of elvis and speaking of controversial situations mm. um twitter already knows my feelings about this um but the one thing that we haven't discussed yeah yet is the fight heard around the world which is elvis versus lincoln's uh trying to beat the shit out of tom wilson and kind of succeeding. He you, did make him bleed. Do you know who the real winner of that whole thing was, though? And I hate to admit it. The Capitals? Well, sure. But specifically, the Capitals PR, like social media team. Yes, because there's that picture of Elvis skating away Which with the is team actually looking. really great. Like, that's really great photojournalism. Like, that was yes. really well done. <laughs> but also, that's like a, oh, my God. Because, like, you can tell that they're talking shit. Like they're turned around and they're talking shit to Elvis. And that's the thing. If you're gonna talk shit, you gotta win. You can't, you can't lose. And and so obviously, and that's not even, I mean, the thing is, right, is like you can go, you can look at that two ways. I, I thought it was fascinating that Pazzy was pretty vocal about his frustration with it. Like that is not something that I think you see all the time. But I also you hear from Elvis that like there was some other stuff happening throughout the game and you know, potentially even in games past it has made it so that he kind of just was at his wits end with, with Tom Wilson. But 
you know, I go back and forth. Like, do you want the goaltender that can keep calm head in that moment? Or do you want the goaltender that's going to beat the shit out of Tom Wilson? And I think from like a hell yeah, righteousness place, I'm like, beat the shit out of Tom Wilson. Absolutely. (laughs) But from the place of wanting to see this hockey team win, it's never a good idea to put yourself in a situation where Alexander Ovechkin is going to be on the ice with a man advantage at any point in any game, let alone in overtime. Like, and he made us pay. It's always Alexander Ovechkin who scored his first goal since, you guessed it. Games. When they played the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, because he's just an old man on the ice. This mother, he's like, can we find a way to play Columbus all 82 games? Because I think I could beat Wayne Gretzky's record this year mm. if we played Columbus for the remainder of our games. Because candidly, he makes us look stupid every single time he plays us. So, yeah. No, and I'm not naive enough to be like, was this the best decision in the world? No. But like I said on our Twitter account, I stand with Elvis. I, you know, Tom Wilson had been in that game specifically when I went back and watched, you know, highlights and stuff was specifically being, and I did not particularly enjoy Pazzy saying that this was Tom Wilson's job and responsibility to do this. I didn't enjoy that part of things, but, you know, every person comes to their breaking point, Elvis was in fear that he was trying, like that someone was trying to injure him. And I don't know that I would have acted any differently in that, in that situation. And, you know, there's a lot of things about, there's, you know, rules about keeping someone, evading someone from getting their stick. Like there's all these sorts of things that were not considered in this situation. And, Also, I just really dislike Tom Wilson. I think he's a dirty player and any opportunity that I can see him knocked on his ass, I'm going to be in support of it. Would I have liked more if we would have still won that game? Absolutely. Um, But I also just think every once in a while, it's okay because you just saw, into my opinion, it's like, it's to see that he still cares because Elvis has been much more calm this season. And so we haven't seen these types of things. Yes. There's been every once in a while where he gets in someone's face rightfully so because the other person is getting in his face, but I don't know. I thought it lit a spark. So I was all for it. Um, But I can see why people were upset and why, you know, they would have wanted Elvis to make, a different decision in that moment um, or to have saved it in the situation where like we win the game and then everyone just goes after Tom Wilson. Like, you know, that probably would have been a better scenario. Sure. Um, but I was still, I did ironic, not ironically, I did have to, it did bring out my comment did bring out some of the worst capitals fans Oh. that I think exists. And I have no shame in the fact telling all of our listeners that I did block and remove all of their comments because this is, see, this is what happens is I, you say that stuff and I'm like, I didn't see anything. It's because you I, are efficient. Yes. I immediately, I mean, someone told me to um, suck his balls. Uh, Who's the, the person who tweeted or Elvis's the person who tweeted. Oh. Um, and there were some choice things about me being a woman with an opinion about hockey um, so 
yeah, that kind of situation obviously brings out the worst in people. But yeah, I will not tell you. I'm not leaving up derogatory comments just to prove a point. Um, those immediately get blocked and removed. Because damn, yeah, that's we got traction. I... <laughs> oh, I can view the I can view the blocked ones. I can't wait. I can't wait to read that afterward. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. I stand with all this, but I also understand the other side. Um, Somebody said tonight I am a CBJ fan, which I think is hilarious. I because yeah, correct. So ultimately, right, we're thirty six games into the season, and before we know it, we'll be doing our like mid season reviews, all that kind of stuff. We'll be talking about the players, that kind of deal. But is there anything that you're clinging on to through this that? is keeping you invested. Cause like, frankly, right. Like, I mean, I, I, I'll speak for myself, but I know I'm kind of speaking for you in this too, is it's hard. I think to stay engaged, stay involved, stay excited when all of the stuff that's supposed to like excite you, the way in which you're trying to put your water bottle down. So incredibly timidly. So that way it doesn't make noise. It's hilarious to me. Um, you know, we've been pitched over and over again for the last how many years like it's coming don't don't worry it's coming don't worry and what's keeping you excited because i think the the fact of the matter is like with quick math 82 minus 36 is 56 no 46 there's 46 games left what are you doing to stay excited i mean like obviously like you said earlier the prospects that we do have are playing really well in the respective leagues or whatever have you but what are you doing to stay excited I mean, I think what's keeping me excited is from an offensive standpoint, like I just talked about, is seeing those players develop, seeing Adam Fantilli develop and grow in his first year, seeing Yor Chinnikov finally get an opportunity to prove why we drafted him out of nowhere a few years ago, like seeing Kirill Marchenko, like just with the biggest smile on his face, dominate on the ice, like seeing those types of things is what keeps me invested. Mm -hmm. And I think in this way, we kind of can relate to Blackhawks fans. Oh God. Because I think this is what they're having with Connor Bernard because Chicago's not playing well, No, but he is. So it's like finding that bright spot and that's what you cling on to like if you want to cling on to anything cling on to adam fantilli like this is his year this is his breakout first year in the league Mm -hmm. like even the things off the ice that he's doing are intriguing like just him like watching him come into his own as a 19 year old like is just interesting and fascinating and if you need something to hold on to, that is an easy thing for you to hold on to. So is the Russian line. Like the Russian line has been so impressive. Um, you know, even seeing Dmitry Vronkov come out of his shell, like, and really start to feel comfortable um, with his line mates and with the team. And like, you can see that in his performance over the last few weeks is that he is feeling more and more comfortable. Um So, yeah, so just holding on to those things. And if you want to dive a little bit deeper and you want something, you know, even more to hold on to, 
hold on to the chemistry that is developing between Johnny Gaudreau and Adam Fentelli. You know, hold on to, you know, the grand story of Justin Danforth and the rise of his career to be at his age and having the kind of success that he's having. Like, if you need to find a silver lining, they're there. But I will say, and I've seen it over the course of the last couple of weeks in the Blue Jacket social media spaces, is people, instead of holding on to a silver lining, they're finding any reason to bitch and moan. Yeah. And I'm not saying, and we're not saying that there's not reason to bitch and moan. Yeah, listen to the one podcast that we did after they just about fucked it up against Toronto. Like, we were vehemently... Yeah, pissed. Yeah. And I like to think that we provide a nice balance of, like, real constructive criticism and kind of homery because, obviously, we only talk fully about one team. But it has just been a toxic wasteland of, like forced negativity for no reason like there are things that you can latch onto with this team to be happy about i'm not saying you have to be happy about everything that they're doing because no one should like they're not even happy with everything that they're doing so you can definitely have things that you're upset about but my god like bring a little joy into your life just a little like it will take it will lower your blood pressure at least Like, and, you know, just start 2024 off, like, in a more positive light, you know, just, like, find something or take a a little bit of a break from hockey social, social media. Like, if hockey social media is getting to the point where, like, it's just aggravating you, like, aggravating you to the point where, like, you're just starting shit or getting involved in shit that you don't really need to be involved in or need to be discussed to begin with like just like take a break it's okay it will still be there when you come back yeah i mean you're not gonna probably miss a lot right now other than like you said the toxicity of it all if that's something that you're not into yeah if you need to take your all-star break now like that's okay um we will all still be here like we take breaks from time to time just because we have to for our own you know whether our personal lives are out of control or we just need a break from those types of things like we do that intentionally um but yeah it's just been sort of a toxic hellscape um so find those things find those things that make it worth it to keep, you know, watching this team and supporting this team because they are there. Like, I'm not just being a homer. Like there are things here that are good. Are all of it, is everything good? Absolutely not. But there are things here that are good. Without a doubt. So. Yeah. And I mean, the monsters. Are oh my God. Like they're crazy. doing so good. They're leading uh, the North. And because of that, Trent Vogelhuber is named the head coach of the AHL all-star team for the North Ooh. division. That's exciting. Obviously, you know, he's a classy guy. Like there's, he's, he's such good people. Yeah. I don't have enough good things to say about Trent Vogelhuber. So good on him for getting that done. I believe the all-star game is in San Jose this year. The Mm. Barracuda are hosting it for the AHL. And so um, right now the Hershey Bears head coach and then Trent Vogelhuber are the two that have been named because in the AHL, they do it similar to the NHL, which is just whichever team has the best record by a date that's the coach who coaches the all-star team and so the monsters clinched the best record 
in the north uh and so still waiting for the pacific and the central to do that but uh you know generally speaking a cool thing like for for this team for this you know franchise and for the system there are players on that team that are more than likely going to get looks at being on that team so i mean that's exciting of course uh trey fix Wolanski has had a really good year in the ahl this year and so we'll see what that turns into but yeah i mean they're they're kicking ass and taking names i think the barn was full last night they played toronto there that's that's a big barn Mm-hmm. Uh, Cleveland is taking its hockey seriously right now, which I think is really cool. And so we'll see how that continues to develop over the course of the year. This doesn't have anything to do with their on-ice performance, which has been stellar. Sure. They're on a six-game six game winning streak. But I will say that they had their teddy bear toss Oh yeah, a couple weeks ago. And they gathered over 16,000 teddy bears and stuffed animals for children in need in the greater Cleveland area. And I wish so badly that the Blue Jackets would do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's some sort of rule in the NHL that's why we can't do it. I haven't looked into it, but I saw somewhere that said there's some sort of rule as to why um, NHL teams can't have those sorts of things. But um, it was just so cool to see all the pictures and the players just like making snow angels out of all the like stuffed animals on the ice. They had fun with it. Um, so that was just, you know, their their fans are really, you know, taking it seriously and coming out to games and supporting them. Um, so, yeah, if you need something other than the Blue Jackets, like hop on the Monsters train. I mean, you're going to be familiar with the people that are on the team. Yeah, because, most of them played here last year. Yeah, so. you have seen a lot of them recently. So, um, you know, go on, start supporting them. I don't know how much AHL TV is a month, but it's definitely out there. So, yeah, I kind of give a little bit of a rundown, take a look down at the AHL. So, Trifix Wolanski has 28 points in 25 games played this year. He's got 10 goals, 18 assists. Uh, Jake Christensen, who is somebody who I know a lot of people have talked about, especially in the wake of this injury to Zach Wierenski. They've talked about maybe he's somebody who you give a chance. I think he might have to clear waivers. Maybe. I'm not sure. I'd have to take a look at Cat Friendly real quick. I'm not positive. Then you've got Carson Meyer, who, again, recognize him. He's got 13 goals. And then you start to get into some guys who are currently in Columbus. So you've got Brennan Gons has 15 points. Kent Johnson had 15 points in 10 games and Emil Bemstrom had 14 and eight, right? I mean, like insane. I still can't get over the fact that Emil Bemstrom had 10 goals in eight games in Cleveland. That's crazy. Yeah. Wild to me. Well, and Trey Fitzwilliamski just broke a record with the Monsters. I think he has the most points of any Monsters player or the most goals. Wouldn't surprise me either Um, way. I mean, he's, if you think about it, he's played a lot of games in Cleveland too. mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they just announced that the other day that he set the franchise record for either most points or most goals. I can't remember which one. but um, So, yeah, they're doing good things up in Cleveland. They've got those beautiful new uniforms with a much better, like, color scheme. Um, they've got the great hashtag of uh, black and blue hockey. Um, 
So, yeah, just great things in Monsters Land. Yeah, so record for both goals and points. So he has 70 goals, most career goals, and 167 points, which is the most points in the history of the Cleveland Monsters organization. Look at him go! Also, I know we have shouted this person out before, but I feel like it's always a good time to shout them out again. Uh, Elaine Jerkliffe, who has been really just an excellent reporter for all things AHL. Uh, had some pretty good uh, content there from his uh, from his post game presser. So check that out. Check out Elaine at I'm a Rain Dancer, which I love as a username, by the way. But Laura, I'm trying to think of other things going on in the hockey world, racking my brain. Am I what? What am I missing? Because I know I'm missing things from the hockey world. Or the non-hockey world. Or the non-hockey world. I did like the Blue Jackets little holiday thing with Marchie. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought that was very cute. Speaking of holiday things featuring Marchie, the photo of the Russian line on Christmas and Igor Chinikov's, I won't say it, but a little bit... Uh, <laughs> scandalous scandalous sweater. sweater that he was wearing, which was hilarious to me. Like. Um. Also, one of my favorite things about hockey players is when they have serious girlfriends or wives, the things that they will do because their wives want them to. Oh, yeah. Like, just Boone Jenner wearing matching pajamas with his wife. Like, and getting, they have, have you seen those socks on TikTok where they have hands and they, they're magnets? Oh, man. Was he wearing those with her? Wow. Uh Uh-huh. I miss that. They were, yep, just all holding hands. Wow. Um, Which I just was like, that jaw issue. Can't really say no to a lot of things. Oh, that's a really good point, yeah. Um, Is that how that works? (laughs) And, you know, poor Patrick Lina, his, like, holiday photo with his sling. Um, And, you know, the wholesomeness of Kent Johnson and Adam Fantilli watching holiday movies together. Um, I love that. It's just adorable. It's so good. Lots of great holiday content. I guess the one thing that isn't blue, like it's it is Blue Jackets related, but it's not currently happening with the Blue Jackets, is that Gavin Brindley's playing really well in the World Juniors. He is. We have four representatives of the Blue Jackets in the World Juniors right now. So, and he is kicking ass and taking names. Yeah, no, he's been impressive, and so I'm excited to see how he does for the rest of the tournament. USA has looked really good. Also, he's not one of our prospects, but he is related. Uh, David Juracek's brother, who is expected to be a first-round draft pick this year, is unfortunately out of the World Juniors. Oh, yeah. He took a nasty fall the other day. He could be a blue jacket, depending on what happened. <laughs> um, so, but no, world, yeah, there are things that you can focus on that are joyful um, it just happens that most of the things have nothing to do with the Columbus Blue Jackets directly. Yeah, they're just adjacent. Yeah. Which is also fun. So I'm trying to think. There's no real. Yeah, we're just. This is our last episode of 2023. What a year. Yeah. What a year. <laughs> we're looking at each other right now, like, because we know things that you don't. Uh, 2023 has been a lot. So. Yeah. And. 2024 will be too. Yeah. But. The good news is that we'll have each other and we'll have this through it. So that's true. Good 2023, bitch. Yeah. High five for us. High five. Had to do it loud enough so that it picked up on the on the mic. But um, but yeah, so we've got so many exciting things coming up. Um 
we can't say anything right now, but potentially one of the biggest opportunities that we've ever had. Um, and like, it's coming up quickly. So like, yeah, stay tuned. Like, yeah. We will hopefully be able to talk about it next week. So, um, Oh God. Cause yeah, it will, it will be very far away from it at that point. Um, so yeah, so keep tuned to all of that. Cause it, we're starting off 2024 and our third birthday. Um, with a bang. With a bang. So a we're boom, very excited. If you will. Yes. A boom is more appropriate. But I miss Boomer so much. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I guess lastly, do you have any New Year's resolutions, personal or hockey-wise? Oh man. Hockey-wise, I would say two things, and they're so contradictory of each other, but I feel like that is okay with the context. One is that I want to just have us like get back to the parts of this that we love, which is like a lot of the community stuff. Like we haven't got a chance to do a ton of that this last few months, like just with life and everything. And we've only been doing one episode a week. Cause frankly, like I don't know that either one of us has the capacity right now to do more than that. And so I think when we were doing two episodes every week, it felt like we were able to like, we had more opportunity to splice in some more community stuff. Mm. And so I think because everything has been so abysmal with this team, we've just focused on that. But uh, that's like one of them is just to get back to the telling the stories. Cause I think you and I both have so much fun doing that. And I was even just thinking about like, when was the last time we sent an email to somebody to be like, Hey, um, it's been a minute. So I think yeah. like, or like we definitely have like a short list of people that we think their stories would be fun to absolutely. tell. Um, that we just haven't had an opportunity yet. So if you are one of those people and probably me has reached out to you about being on the show at some point, um, we are still trying to work that out. So absolutely. So you know who you are. Yeah. So there's that, but then there's also, I would say for me, the other piece of it too, is like trying to like also try new things. That's why I say it's controversial, like contradictory, right? Like get back to the roots, but also try new things. Like, Laura will say it when she gives our plugs later, but like we're both technically supposed to be writing for Inside the Rink and we just haven't really gotten the chance to hit the ground running with that in the way we want to. We're so sorry, Colin. Yeah, it'll be fine. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, just trying to get that done and trying new things along the way for that, I think will be fun. So trying new things in the hockey world. What's my other thing? Maybe maybe we can do the personal ones for the next one because I haven't put a lot of thought into them. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll share the personal ones in the first one. Of yeah, there you go. Um, Hockey-wise for me, I mean, again, I just, I really agree with you. Just like getting reconnected with our community um, and, you know, trying to grow it in a positive way or continue to grow it in a positive way. Because like we haven't even done some of the things that we normally do, like giveaways and stuff like that. And, you know, we just haven't been as connected with our community and we we love you guys and you bring us all so much joy and your support as cheesy as it sounds like truly means the world to us so 2024 is definitely going to be hopefully an opportunity for us to reconnect and you know just be more involved in this community um and stuff like that because that's honestly one of our favorite parts about doing this and why we've continued to do it over the last almost three years so And other than that, just, like, I would love just, I mean, we're not going to make the playoffs. That's, like, a very true statement right now. 
but like just to go on just like a couple runs. And I know that those are blessings and curses because it gets people's hopes up and all that kind of stuff. But like, I would just like, I don't know, like just a consistent, like five, six games where we win four of the six, mm-hmm. um, you know, just to sort of take the edge off a little bit. Um and even though I think I kind of know who they're going to pick already, I am interested to see who our all-star is going to be. It's going to be Johnny again. Yeah. I would love it for to be Marchie, but I don't think that. Part of me wonders if. Yeah, or it'll be Adam. Adam. I was going to say, I wonder if, if we end up for some ungodly reason getting two, I must wonder if that would be their second would be Adam. But Yeah. Wow, look at us being all resolute and shit. It's going to be an interesting 2024. Oh, yeah, it is. You know what? We'll get through it. Sure. We will. (laughs) We will. Oh, the things that will make sense one day. But anyway, well, like I said earlier, a lot of things coming up in 2024 for us. A lot of exciting things that we have alluded to maybe a little bit during this episode that we can share more with later. But for now, Laura... Tell the good folks where they can stay locked on all things subjectively speaking. Yes, you can follow us on our personal Twitter accounts at ITR Jeremy and ITR Laura. You can also follow the show on social media. We're on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Pod. We are on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Subjectively Speaking. We do have a lovely website that you can visit that has all the links to all the things that I am telling you about. And that is subjectivelyspeaking.com. Uh, believe it or not, as if you haven't heard us say it before, we do have a merch store. So if you're looking to um, also start out 2024 with a bang, uh, you can purchase yourself something fun from our merch store and support your two favorite hockey podcasters at the same time. And that is sub- uh, subjectivelymerch.com. And lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, um, especially if you're listening on Apple Apple Podcasts. Scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. And as usual, we have absolutely no idea how the algorithms work. We just know that your likes and subscriptions and comments and views and listens and whatnot all help to get us noticed in the hockey podcast charts and helps to bring more people to this lovely little community of ours. But other than that, I hope that um, everyone has had a wonderful holiday season if you celebrate. And I'm wishing you an incredibly happy new year. And again, if this time of year is hard for you, please know that we are holding space for you in our hearts and that you are 100% not alone. Um, And a new year means a lot of new things and a lot of hopefully brightness for you. Absolutely. And until we get the chance to talk to you all next time, like Laura said, nothing but best wishes for you all in 2024. We hope that you had a wonderful holiday season and that you continue to take care of yourself throughout the holiday seasons, that you continue to take care of one another during the holiday season, and that you remember that hockey really truly is for everyone. And yeah, we do mean everyone. And we will talk to you all next time. Bye.